The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the evolution of podcast sponsorships and advertising. Joining us is David Titner, who is the CEO and co-founder at Thought Leaders, which is a platform that provides both brands and creators a powerful sponsorship intelligence tool and branded content ad network rolled into one. Thought Leaders sponsorship intelligence platform collates data scraped from 10 million pieces of content every day to analyze the ever-growing world of branded content identifying the best connections between thought leaders and brands. Yesterday, David and I talked about how he moved his side hustle at Thought Leaders to a million-dollar SaaS company. And today, we're going to continue the conversation talking about what he's learned helping brands find the right sponsorships. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with David Tintner, co-founder and CEO of Thought Leaders. David, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks a lot for having me. Excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, you told us a little bit about how you took sort of a platform that you created for yourself as a creator and realized how valuable the data was and started helping brands connect with creators. And you've sort of built a, a SaaS platform out of that. That makes you one of the world's experts on understanding how content creators and sponsorships really works. I want to talk to you about what brands are looking for in content sponsorships. When you think about some of the largest brands in the world, you know, I think of Squarespace and MailChimp and Quibi and, you know, there's all these podcast saturating advertising brands. Those are different from the people that are doing customized sponsorships. That's an advertising play. Talk to me about what you consider a sponsorship to be that might be different than just buying ads. I consider a sponsorship to be an advertisement that is integrated and feels natural within the content. Obviously, we're talking about digital sponsorships here, not sponsorships like, let's say, sports teams. But a digital sponsorship, at least in order for it to be done and executed well, should be integrated tightly within the content. And that means that the brand or the product that's appearing in the sponsorship has to be, first of all, a great fit for the audience that's listening to that or viewing that content. Because if it's not a great fit from the beginning, no amount of creative fluff is going to make up for that. But just being a great fitting product for that audience is not enough. The sponsorship itself 
actually has to be done in the right context of the content with the right transition and really feeling that the creator, the person who's built that audience and is sharing that content with their audience is actually standing behind this brand. And I think that's actually the key difference of all and why sponsorships are often much more effective than other forms of advertising and standard ad placements is basically that is because it's an endorsement from the person who's built up a loyal audience that's coming back and listening to their content over and over. That person is actually endorsing this brand and saying to their audience, you should go try it. You should go buy it. Trust me. And they can't do that with products or brands that are not good or are not a good fit for their audience because they will quickly lose their audience's trust. And that's everything for a creator. If I had to break up what you're saying, I think the secret sauce, the magic is first off, finding content and brands that are compatible. The second would be figuring out the way to sort of build the integration, what the content looks like. And then the third piece is figuring out the analytics behind it. Let's walk through those one piece at a time, and I'll give you a hypothetical. Let's say I'm running a B2B SaaS growth stage company, or maybe publicly traded a large company, and they build a business operating system, right? They're looking for business owners who are looking to automate their internal processes, project management software, basically. How would you think about guiding me to find potential content creators that are a relevant fit? Well, first of all, I think that that company is going to need to look into really who are the key users of their product and obviously the customers that they're most trying to reach. Once we have that, I'm sure any large publicly traded company obviously has that readily available. Once we have that, what we'd start doing is going into the content and looking to see which type of creators are reaching those type of customers. So what we like to do is we like to look with keyword searches and get into finding creators that are actually talking about within their content, the topics or trends that are most important to those type of customers. So we can see which creators are talking about it and what type of context they're talking about it and what type of sentiment they're talking about it, how often. And once we have that, let's say that subset of content and creators, we can start looking at which portions of them are successful for brand sponsorships. Now, when I say successful for brand sponsorships, that's kind of getting into the competitive intelligence. So if I'm this B2B SaaS company, I would say, okay, within this content that I found and these creators that are creating this content around the topics that I care about, which of my competitors are sponsoring? But not just which ones are sponsoring, which ones are returning to sponsor these creators over and over again? Because if they're returning, that means that they're actually finding success with those creators. And then that's where I would begin. That's where I know I have the best chance of not wasting my money on purchasing sponsorships because I found topics, the content that is relevant to my key customers. And I found creators that are already producing successful sponsorships for my competition. So I think the question for me is more of a volume play. This hypothetical company that we're talking about, the, the business operating system, we're looking for people that are business operators. And that could be, you know, using podcasts as an example, I could target everyone with one single podcast, right? I can go and sponsor the Gary Vee podcast or, you know, Reed Hoffman's podcast, which gets a ton of visibility. Or I can go niche down and say, look, I want to target the marketing segment. Let's go sponsor the MarTech podcast. 
and I want to target salespeople. So let's go target, you know, modern sales. And then I want to target operators. And there's the business operations podcast. How granular do you think companies should get? And are should they be focusing on podcasts with high volume and large reach or podcasts that are more sort of niche and specific, but smaller audiences? So this is definitely a complex question without a single answer, but I can give the short and most singular version of it, which would be, I would say B2B SaaS products should definitely be going super niche because why not? You have the ability to do that. And when you go super niche, it also allows you to fit into the very specific context of the different use cases of your product in a really natural way, as opposed to trying to fit all the different use cases at once. But if you're a massive company with massive budget, just on a pure brand awareness level, there's definitely going to be value in you doing some um, massive plays, sponsorship plays, such as you know the Gary V one that you're talking about, or maybe like a Joe Rogan show. And that's because when you're doing a sponsorship there, that host who everyone loves and everyone is following has this giant audience is getting behind your brand. And that's crazy valuable. They're actually saying that your brand is a good brand and telling their audience that they should trust them to buy it. Yeah, I think that the marketing goals are something that you have to consider, obviously, what your budget is and also how much work it's going to take. If you're going to have to work with 100 different podcasters that have 10,000 downloads per month as opposed to one podcaster that has a million downloads... There's a lot of operational complexity to getting the smaller podcasters going. And so, you know, if you're just focused on raising the awareness of your company, you might be better off served working with a large company. If you want to think about deep integration, quality of message, reaching a real targeted audience, then you probably want to think about the down market stuff. When you figure out what your podcast is, let's say in this example, we're going to have a, a blend. We're going to have one really big podcast and a series of 10 to 15 smaller shows that we're going to do deeper integration with. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. <music> 
Talk to me about how you think about what the products are, how you put the ad units together. Is it purely just here's our 60 seconds worth of copy, go read it in front of everyone? Or are there other ways to work with content creators and brands? Yeah, it's absolutely not that. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to give talking points, but you're going to want to make sure that the content creator has the freedom to really make it their own because that's when sponsorships are the most successful. And you know this from your own sponsorships that you really work those sponsorships into the way that you care about those products and your audience cares about them. And that makes all the difference. That's why sponsors come back to you, right? I mean, when a brand tries to kind of shove their own copy and their own voice down a content creator's throat, it just doesn't really work. It doesn't feel genuine and the audience can feel that. And that's such a key piece of making a sponsorship effective. I'll be honest, I just have a hard time reading other people's copy and making it sound like my voice, right? There's a certain style and cadence that I have in writing. So when somebody gives me sponsorship bullets, here's the things that we think that are critical to selling our product and service. It's easier for me to kind of put the descriptive words around it as opposed to them trying to write in my voice. So I absolutely agree building the talking points in. Talk to me about the use of advertorial content the use of aggregating data. Those are some of the things we do with our sponsorship program at the MarTech that I feel like makes us unique. The ability to invite our sponsors to be guests on the show, but also to understand who's listening to the podcast and follow up with them with other formats of advertising. Do you see content creators blending the lines between just advertising on their show, the content and other sort of marketing tactics, or is that just something we invented? So internally, we call, uh, you mentioned advertorials, we call them dedicated. So we kind of like two broad terms internally. I don't know if this is industry standard at all, but we're calling them integrations or mentions and dedicated episodes. That can be both YouTube or podcasts. I think the dedicated stuff is really interesting. You touched on it as well. It's obviously a lot harder to produce, at least to produce it well. Because when you're making this type of content, it's definitely going to be much longer than just a normal sponsorship, but it actually needs to be really, really useful for your audience, or it's just going to bomb completely. For what we see happening sometimes when this isn't done well, is let's say you have a a YouTuber who has like 100,000 average views on a video or a podcaster has 20,000 average downloads per episode. And a brand comes along and says, look, we have an idea that we think could be a great fit for a dedicated episode. We want essentially to take over the episode and then they don't do a good job of it. You know, that whole 20,000 average downloads or 100,000 average views, they don't get anywhere near that on the dedicated piece of content they create together. And that could be a real problem. Vice versa, when they do a good job, it's everything. It's a full-blown piece of content that can take someone through a story, start to finish, multiple use cases, and guide them into really how and why a person from that audience should be using this brand's product or service or whatever. I think about advertorial content a couple of different ways. You know, you're talking about this sort of use case. And, you know, I think of there's a difference between, and I'll just use the MarTech podcast as an example, because obviously everyone's familiar with that show because they're listening to this. And for our advertorial content, we invite our sponsors to be guests on the show to share their subject matter expertise. David, if this, it is not, but if this were to be a sponsored episode, we'd be having this same conversation. I give our sponsors more content, right? So they have the ability to continue to do thought leadership with our audience. And that's the reason why they pay for the content. 
I think that there's also the notion of not just like, hey, David's going to come on and talk about podcasts, but then there's another type of advertorial content where it would be me talking about how I use your platform. Do you see that there's a value in the author, the content creator talking about their use case as opposed to the brand sharing their expertise? Absolutely. You know that you built up a following with the podcast and you said from the beginning that the original purpose was kind of to get leads for consulting, right? So basically through the podcast, you're able to build an audience that really looks at you as the expert and the person they want to turn to, to get whatever they need done. So when you're able to walk them through how you would use a product, it's infinitely more valuable than let's say a brand, especially a brand coming off and just hitting them one off with a sponsorship, especially if that brand doesn't have a ton of brand recognition to follow up with that which many companies take years to build up strong brand recognition. So I think it can be way, way, way more valuable and kind of a chance for a brand to jumpstart that by getting someone like yourself or a YouTuber or a podcast host to walk their audience through how they would use the product. The last question I have for you is related to analytics. When you think about doing a podcast sponsorship or you're working with creators and you're having them read your ads, maybe you're doing an integration or advertorial content, How are brands thinking about evaluating what they get from that? Is it purely impressions and downloads? Are there metrics for body count and reach? Do they look at direct response? How do people think about evaluating whether a podcast or a creator piece of content is successful when it's sponsored? Most of the brands that we are working with, and I believe that the majority of the brands that are really investing heavily in sponsorships today are looking at it from a direct response perspective. They have a specific conversion goal in mind, whether that's sales or leads or signups, and they want to hit a certain number. They want to spend $5 per lead, or they want to hit $20 per sale. Whatever the number is, they want to hit it. The interesting thing here is that sponsorships, for the most part, are sold at a fixed price. You know, it's $200 for the episode sponsorship, take it or leave it. You can't buy half a sponsorship for $100 or a quarter. This is the fixed price, regardless of the conversion goals the brand is going to get, regardless of the performance or the engagement of that specific piece of content afterwards. That creates a really interesting dynamic because brands care about conversion, but they have no promise up front that they're going to hit it. And both from the level of the content might not engage the way that they expected And even if the content does get the engagement that they expected, it might not convert into sales or whatever it is down their funnel that they need to hit. So we see brands using a bunch of different techniques to track this. So to answer your question, the first part, that's what I believe most brands care about. That means they need to really track it carefully. First of all, it starts with in podcasts, it's still about using uh, vanity URLs and discount codes and custom landing pages. Those are still the key tools, making sure that you're doing something specific for each creator, specific meaning producing a custom landing page that fits that audience and then able to track the visits and conversions on it. But on top of that, you also have some really interesting technology now for tracking podcasts. We've worked with a couple companies. Podsites is pretty good. that give you a bit more insight into what's happening with the audience that you reach and how they're converting. Podsites, a former sponsor of the MarTech podcast, that's the platform that we use to figure out attribution. And basically what they're able to do is map the IP addresses that the podcast hosts get 
to a household identifier. And then when you have a sponsorship, you could put a pixel on that company's domain and basically map did a listener of your ad or your content get to this website. I think that that's great for understanding the essentially listen through metric. I, I kind of compare it to a view through metric. If you were going to run a display or a programmatic campaign, you know, I think that that type of data is directional. One of the things that we do working with pod sites is we extract some of the data that they're using to basically figure out who the households are and do some retargeting and actually try to drive direct response traffic to our sponsors. So have you seen brands that are thinking about evaluating podcast sponsorships and creator-based content from a direct response perspective, count not only, hey, how many people came directly through the promo code or the vanity URL, but basically retarget the data that they're able to collect from that content? Yeah, I believe that brands are trying to do everything they can to really maximize this. Retargeting is definitely one of those things. A-B testing on landing pages, constant improvement there as well. But anything a brand can do to maximize the conversions that they're getting from that audience that's getting through to their site from that piece of content, from that sponsorship is critical. Because at the end of the day, brand cares about hitting their conversion goals. I think at the end of the day, when you're running a creator-based piece of content, having someone who is visible that has trust with a large audience that's relevant to you is great from an awareness perspective. Just having your name mentioned alongside someone that has credibility means something to your brand. Now, tracking the amount of awareness that you're generating or what the sort of trickle-down effect and how that converts is something that is incredibly complicated. And honestly, it's a little bit of either a dark art or a black science. It's not something that brands or creators have totally mastered yet. And so on some level, you're taking data that is directional and assigning value to it and hoping that the content was valuable enough to rationalize your spend. And on the other side, you just have to use your judgment and think about what feels right for the brand. And you're not going to get perfect data to understand the exact body count and impact that those integrations had. So we're going to bring David back one more time tomorrow to talk about how to monetize podcast content and sort of what's in it for the creator side in tomorrow's episode. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with David Tintner, the co-founder and CEO at Thought Leaders. Join us again tomorrow for the third part of this conversation where David and I will talk about how to monetize your podcast with sponsorships. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about David, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is DMTintner, that's D-M-T-I-N-T-N-E-R. Or you can visit his company's website, which is thoughtleaders, with an S, thoughtleaders.io. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. 
All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.